Welcome to this week's episode of Real Estate Served on the Rocks. On this week's episode, the guys go over if corporations are buying up all the single-family homes, or if it's just a scare tactic by the news media, all while enjoying Old Elk Weeded Bourbon. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Real Estate Served on the Rocks. Racks. Rocks. Powered by at Living in Colorado, the Mile High Perspective on YouTube. As always, my name is Charlie Sardelli, and I'm here with Oscar Ibarra and Jameson Amaros. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. Uh, Guys, thanks for uh, letting us chill a little bit for the holidays. I know we took some time off, but we're back here to drink some more bourbon and talk to you about real estate. And uh, can I can I say something? Yeah, I fucking hate turkey. You know, you you know what? Hold on. (laughs) I deep fry it. Yeah, but I'd hate turkey right now because I do two turkeys. Damn. I just went on Thanksgiving and went on Saturday, and it was cold for the first one, and it was effing cold for the second one. And then you got to discard the oil, and I hate yeah. turkey. Yeah, I, I just I, I got an argument with a couple people because I'm just like everybody gets hyped for Thanksgiving. Yeah, and like we're gonna eat so much food. We have all this like jam and gravy and mashed potatoes and potato salad and turkey. And I'm like, I don't like any of that shit. <laughs> like I'll I'll smoke a prime rib all day long. Over a turkey. So I just don't like turkey. We, in the past, we, my family, and now my wife's family, we don't do turkey. We do ham, and obviously on my mom, with my mom, and we do tamales yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. So turkey's not on our, on our menu mm-hmm. regularly. And my, my, my in-law is the same. So turkey, we don't like turkey. So the last year, I said, okay, I'm going to deep fry it. I've never had deep fried turkey, and I did, it was pretty damn good. It, it's labor intensive. You got to brine it, and then you got to inject it, and you got to deep survive. fry it. You got to survive. You got to survive the freaking I'd much death do the ham boil that you put the, the turkey, turkey in. Yeah. Like, yeah, ham is good. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I agree. Turkey's, I don't know. I just I don't get excited for it. Tell you I'm what, not though, excited Alicia, for turkey. Alicia made some of the best damn mashed potatoes. I like mashed I've potatoes. <laughs> I like stuffing. I like mashed potatoes. I just I just don't I don't know. It's I don't get excited for turkey. We yeah, had a bunch nice. of stuffing left over, and I I made stuffing waffles, and then cracked eggs over them. Oh, that was good. Nice. Well, and really then it's, yeah. See, I'm not a stuffing guy either. See, I'm like all this is is like wet croutons. Yeah, but that's yeah, what yeah, croutons were delicious, to, man. Uh, I don't know, man. I just yeah. I, I, I do like the stuffing. I do like the stuffing. I'm just a hater. Like I'm, I'm a pumpkin pie. Toy. I'm a I side love some pumpkin pie, and, like, we, and we make buttermilk pie too. So yeah. See, I also hate pumpkin pie. I'm just not built for things. <laughs> oh, yeah, all right, all right, all right. Whoa, <laughs> you can't hate Fire pumpkin shots pie. Over here. Right, I mean, yeah, pumpin pie. Me and the me and the pilgrims would have been not all the time, but pumpkin pie is good. I don't know. Well, anyway, guys, sounds like we enjoyed our Thanksgiving, right? But um, there's been a lot going on for all three of us. So, like I said earlier, thank you guys for giving us a little little bit of time to kind of settle down, hang out with the families. Um, remind the people what we do here. Yeah, so on this we podcast, do. we enjoy different kinds of bourbon from all over the country and the world sometimes, and we talk to you about real estate. Give it to you straight, as they say. Uh, no, guys, we're just... Kind of like my take on that, turkey. Bourbon right? and bros. We're just some bourbon and bro guys. Right? We're just, we like to drink bourbon and we work in real estate, so we want to help you guys understand what's going on, especially because... News headlines are crazy. The interest rates are wild. And if you're looking right now and you don't really know what's going on or know anything mm-hmm. about the housing market or real estate in general, it's scary. Yeah. And you think that it's not possible. But all three of us can attest to you that it is possible. And if, if you are ready right now, cool, move on it. But if you're not, continue to save and do what you need to do, as we always say. Um, but today's topic that we want to talk about uh, is, is, is a hot, hot one. And we've touched on it before. We've talked about it. But as you guys know, we search the internet for articles that are grabby and stuff like that. And Again, we came across an article that was kind of the opposite of what, what is usual, basically mm-hmm. saying, oh, investors and these big corporations are tearing down the housing market. This article talks about it, but 
it highlights what we've said in the past where it's like, hey, you know, don't blame Wall Street. Yeah, investors aren't the boogeymen that mm -hmm. people think they are. No, Absolutely. I mean, and at the same time, in a down market, investors are the ones that are on top of it. Yep. You know, yep. they, they keep they keep buying because yep. that's the best time for them because mm -hmm. they don't use finance. And to your point before all this, it, it is scary, but we have lenders that have rates in the mm -hmm. mid sixes. Yep. Mm -hmm. So it's possible. Don't look. The headlines are going to be nationwide statistics. Yep. And you need to be local. Like yep. we, we, I mean, I don't know how many times we just grind that down to you have to be local. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you look at the, I was looking at right before we came on um, an article that had the top five and the bottom five uh, appreciating markets, right? Mm -hmm. So top five appreciating, bottom five depreciating, stark contrast. And you're talking almost a 50% difference in home values over the last 12 months yep. between a place like Austin, Texas, which has declined 23, 24% this year, and Ithaca, New York which is up 27, 28%. Like it's crazy. Yeah, exactly. And we could just yeah. go to our neighbors, Kansas. Yep. That, yep. They've always been yep. next door mm -hmm. and their market is <laughs> extremely different than Shit. ours from look price at, point to everything in between. Look, look at Wyoming. If you're driving north yeah, Fort I mean, Collins. I mean, is there houses in Wyoming? <laughs> well, I mean, I love If you're driving north Fort Collins, there's literally a sign that says, do you don't, you don't like these high home prices? Move 20 miles north or 30 yeah. miles north. And yep. it's like, yeah, exactly. Because different states are I mean, I'm, I heard Casper's Popping. Right. I mean, Gillette. <laughs> Let's go to Gillette. Jackson Hole's great, man. Oh, oh man. Kanye West is out well, there. I think so. so guys, Rondo is gonna, awesome. Let me just throw. I mean, shout right. out to Wyoming. Rondo is dope. I love fishing over we're gonna, there. We're uh, gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about that. And yeah, again, please give us comments. Mm -hmm. Let us know how you feel on it. Um, but as always, we're gonna drink some bourbon while we talk about this topic. And we are still on our Old Elk series. Um, so this one is actually I'm excited for it. This is actually Old Elk weeded bourbon. And if you guys remember, two episodes ago, we had their uh, straight wheat whiskey. Now, don't forget, for something to be classified as bourbon, it has to be 51% or more corn mash. So when we talk about it's primarily weeded or rye or whatever, mm -hmm. it's the secondary. Yes. Secondary. Yeah. And, and that, uh, that's what calms it down, tones it down, or brings it up with the rye. Exactly. Exactly. So the first one that we had was a 95% wheat, no corn, with 5% um, uh, malted barley, right? This one that we're drinking today is classified as a bourbon because it is 51% corn. And then let me go ahead and get the numbers out here. 45% wheat and 4% malted barley. So by doing that 45% wheat, you're going to get obviously a, a little bit more of a smoother taste to it, just like we had with the, with the, uh, straight wheat whiskey. Um, now I'm not going to go proof? over the, the notes 46? just yet. Or, sorry. Uh, yeah, it's a 90, 92, proof. 92 proof on this guy. Um, so a little bit, little bit lower than what you know what we have. But mm. the whole point of this this bourbon <laughs> what, is what the degenerates like to think right? is 100 plus. What we um, the whole point of this is that they made it. Obviously, we've talked about their history, right? They have over over 25 years of distilling and mixing different things coming together. But and based out of Fort Collins. Yes, so based local, out of Fort Collins. Speaking local, of local markets. Um, and it's. They, they wanted to do this to have a bourbon that still gave you that, that bourbon burn and still was a, a true bourbon, but leaned a little bit more on the sweeter notes. So that's why, again, they, they put a little bit more wheat in. And mm -hmm. we talked about Old Elk uses um, a, a certain wheat from, I think it was Mississippi, mm -hmm. and it's a sweeter wheat that's used for breads and, and baking in order to you know enhance that sweetness a little bit more. Um, so I'm interested to see what you guys say. I have the notes written down on the nose. So I'm interested to see what you guys say, especially compared to the you know the straight wheat. From um, from a state standpoint, Colorado, I think northern Colorado makes a lot of good stuff um, from their beer to their bourbon. Mm -hmm. I, I like it a lot. I mean, yeah. the guys down south, Colorado Springs, those guys make great bourbon too. But for some reason, you know, 
this has been more my wheelhouse. Yeah. You know, no, 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 no nonsense. Let's get some bourbon and some good product. I'll out. tell you what, it, the, the, the burn on the nose is virtually not there. Like I can, I can get in Easy there, there on that one. <laughs> Take a sip through your nose. Get my nose in there. I, I'm just trying to be like that guy, right? Hey, uh, and uh, just disclaimer, after Thanksgiving, you know, I, I toned it down and haven't really had anything yep. to drink, so <laughs> you're in for, you're in yeah, for right. a ride. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I feel like I'm out of practice. I know. Right? Um, I will say I was drinking Frangelico, too. That's like Ooh, 40 proof. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. I'll... Uh, I will say that it definitely comes through on the sweet note. That, yep. that it's very forward, way more sweet than than even. I mean, we, we're coming from the rye, so way less burn, way more sweet. I'm getting very herbal, but not like flowery. Just, yeah, just, no, just herbal plant. Yeah, you know. I'm getting, I am getting a lot of vanilla. I'm oh, getting a ton of vanilla. Vanilla, yeah, and vanilla and sweet caramel. vanilla. Mm-hmm. And I would say, yeah. That caramel, that vanilla, that not a lot. They love maple. The, I was gonna, say, yeah, but not a lot of the wood because I remember the straight wheat had. No, more I don't. Of that. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't smell any kind of char. Yeah, or but green. it's not. It's, it's not sweet like fruity <coughs> sweet. No, it's more like caramel vanilla. It's a pa- yeah. it's a pastry sweet. Like, yeah, exactly. there you go. Yeah, there you it's have a pastry it. sweet. Yeah. Yep. All right, and guys, before we, we before we take this this sip here, uh, we didn't really do the. Well, I'm the getting like neck pour. But I did leave the bottle open for a bit yeah. before we started. So hopefully that, that lessened it a little bit. I don't bit. know if you've ever had water out of those um, decanters that they're old Mexican decanters made out of clay. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's actually good. I like it. You pour yeah. it in there. For yeah, the last time I liver. crossed the border illegally, I, was, I had one of those. <laughs> no, I was just telling the story <laughs> when I got deported from Mexico <laughs> oh, <laughs> to, to a friend I will of mine. say, though, and even for, for everybody watching but That's what video, I get, that, that, that water. I'll see if I can zoom in on it. But the color in this is surprisingly dark for mm. something that's so heavy weeded. Did we did we know what the aging time? Everything is at least six years. Oh well. At least six yep. years from old elk. Um, and again I know the the sale value of this and we'll go over that at the end because that always goes into our ratings. But very surprised um, for the sweetness that it's it got has. some Maryland Monroe legs on yeah, there. They're, they're, they're a bit runny but they stay. Yeah. yeah. So they I mean that's long. that's a good testament to the fact yeah. that it's not sugar heavy even though it's yep. sweet. So I'm in, I'm I'm ready to get this sip. Yeah, there's so. no burn in the nose. No, cheers, cheers gentlemen. Fellas. Cheers. All right, let's see how this how this goes. Jesus, right off the bat, that is, the the mouthfeel is, is out silky. Like it's it's such a a light smooth mouthfeel. On I that got, first sip I got a, a quick, again, I haven't been, I'm out of practice. Um, I got a quick, like, tart. Okay. Like a tart, uh, not sour, but. Mm-hmm. No, tart. it definitely sits on the taste buds, though, mm-hmm. at the end. But, yeah, it's smooth. It's light. It's like cake. Yeah. It's light. Yeah. Oh, wow, no, that that aftertaste. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. If you breathe through it, it's. Uh, the burn sits on the tip of your tongue, but the flavor is heavy on the middle and the back. Which makes sense for that that sweetness, right? Because isn't the sweet on the middle of your tongue? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's where it is. I can automatically tell you, I would not make an old fashioned with this. No, no, no. It's way. I, I think it has too much sweetness to do 
Also, I don't know how you do this the whole episode. I can't. Well, mine, are, mine are prescription. I can't see. That's either this or blind. I can't see. He wouldn't be able to see the bird. I'll be squitting. I can't see. I spent 10 minutes um, as Oscar. I can't do it. Yeah, it's a, it's a roller coaster ride. I told um, him. You don't, want, you don't want to walk in my shoes, man. It's but crazy. definitely on the flavor, I mean, it, it's just right off the bat without letting it sit or whatever. It's Again, it's smooth on the front end. And when I mean the, the mouthfeel is silky. Like, mm-hmm. it's not syrup heavy. No. But it's not, it's also not corner rye heavy where you it's get not that che- it's not chewy yes yeah it's not and chewy. initial mm-hmm. initial and after for me are i don't want to eat not even tart like a little more bitter mm-hmm. but not in a bad way yeah yeah um and then it is sweet from yeah, i think the the con- bitterness consumption is... to down the down the hole yeah it's it's, it's good and smooth mm-hmm. but initially it went away after i drank another one but it lingers a little bitter yeah but i think it in a good the sweetness yeah it does yeah. it does it's and that bitterness is like oscar was saying it's not floral but it's earthy mm-hmm. so yeah. maybe that's a little bit of the barrel coming it's got to be it's i mean it's aged six years at yeah, the back of the palate it's definitely sweet yes yeah. but when it lingers in the mouth it's a little bitter yeah mm-hmm. anytime you i mean if you're gonna put a bourbon and age it for six years it's gonna pull some of that characteristic yeah. of the barrel into it somewhere mm-hmm. it's just because of the the high wheat it covers it up a little bit and yeah. then again not only is it high wheat but it's the, it's specific sweet wheat i mean the characteristics uh, of the barrel are some of the yeah. more prominent you know yeah. the barrel. The barrel selection is very much so going to be mm-hmm. a flavor profile very, that's dominant. Yeah, very, very, uh, very sweet. But mm-hmm. not, again, not, not sugary sweet. Not fireball sweet. No. You know oh, what I mean? no like, way. Like, you know what I mean close, by yeah. that? That mouthfeel, not that weight. Um, so on the nose, it is toffee, mm. vanilla ice cream, mm. caramel, caramel, and floral notes. Caramel or caramel? If I if I'm talking mm-hmm. freely without judgment, then it's caramel. You know why? why? How, do you, how do you say it? Caramel. Really? Where are you from again? Denver. What the fuck? Normally, caramel is an East Coast thing, uh, and caramel is well, I, caramel I did, is a West Coast. I have thing. family in Florida, so we were always down there. Yeah, and it's not pop. And I yeah. used to say <laughs> pop. Soda. Now I say soda. Yeah, so see, I say pop. Yeah, it's an East Coast thing. About that. Yeah, it's soda. Yeah, but so. car- caramel is normally because when we moved to Virginia Beach. Uh-huh. Everybody's like caramel and soda. I'm like, where the what fucking alien country it's, do we it's move to? It's popping caramel. What is happening right <laughs> what now? Like, I do not about, get it. What about say almonds? Almonds. 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 Yeah, almonds. I don't say the L. Al- almonds. Almonds. Uh, almonds. It almonds. just feels like a yeah. I say almonds. Almonds. It's just almonds. Like East Coast like people almonds. say almonds. Yeah. Almonds. Almonds. Yeah. Not almonds. It's like almonds. <laughs> no, that's that, that, almonds. I don't, I don't know. It feels and today's like show, how do you pronounce stuff? No, not even real. Say let's let's do. A, let's have a linguistic journey through uh, <laughs> through the United States while we drink bourbon. Um, right. I, and I guess and for me, it's because it's almendras in Spanish. Okay. Yeah. So almonds, I yeah. pronounce the L. Makes and sense. Then almonds. Um, and so the taste on this, and I like I like that it. What's interesting? It says cream, toffee, vanilla, toasted almonds, and I clove. I see the cream now. That's yeah. That's yeah, I think I the cream is that silk. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. that silky feel. Exactly. Yeah, yep. that makes sense. And then the the toffee and the vanilla. I'm not. I'm not getting get toffee. Kind of like not, orange cream. Yeah, Whoa. I don't get toffee. You know, I'm not getting as much toffee as as I am the the caramel. Yeah, um, caramel, caramel. <laughs> <laughs> and it, which which is odd because I feel like they go hand in hand. Toffee and ca- caramel. Yeah. Yeah. Because well. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're I very agree. Very similar in their pro- profile. Yes, but that could also be just a. Uh, like I don't, 
I'm not a huge fan of toffee mm-hmm. flavors in general. Like yeah, I don't either. drink. I don't like toffee. toffee. I don't like coffee. I don't, I don't like any of that. Hazelnut. Like I'm not a hazelnut guy. Uh-huh. So it doesn't to me. I think my taste buds are like we'll just ignore the toffee portion <laughs> yeah. of it and we'll focus on what we like. I do like the clove edit in there though because that goes to your point. Not floral, the but earthy. earthy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that 100. It is. Yeah. It's not. A, it's not a flat because this. Yeah. No. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I'm. I'm a bit worried to let this open. Might be a little bit too yeah. light. Yeah, it might be a little too light, but obviously we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Open the, the bottle episode. up. Let's bo- open the bottle up. See what it does. I left it open for probably 20 minutes before we started, so like we're getting it. But JC's glass is mm-hmm. always the tell. Yeah. So I'm interested to see how it opens because I don't know if it's gonna. Like <laughs> to this day, JC still gets the last word. It's great. Yeah, yeah, I exactly. love it. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're right. Um, it's like thank I'm you for all your opinions, but anyway, <laughs> we're gonna talk about what I think now. The traditional thing is to open the bottle and not cork it until we're done drinking. You're right, but I, I got I got some video shoots I gotta go do after this, and I don't know how well the camera. Well, it shape. doesn't mean you have to keep drinking, but we <laughs> also keep it's drinking. called image stabilization. You're, you're right. <laughs> You'll be fine. You're right. you're right. Yeah, I mean, there's apps for that. <laughs> AI is a hell of a yeah. thing. It's a hell of a thing. Um, but I mean. I, Honestly, just just first first impressions of it, it for what it for what, how it markets itself, yeah, it's right there. Yeah, definitely, it's well definitely sweeter, heavy on the weed, so it has that more sweeter tone to it. Um, but definitely doesn't doesn't feel cheap. Take a take sense. a sip and breathe it in mm-hmm. like this. You get the floral. Yeah. You definitely get the floral, oh, yeah. floral okay. big time. It hit me on the back when I just had it. Exactly. And I breathed in through the back of my throat. I was gonna say the clove yep. sits on the back for me for sure. Yep, one hundred percent. All right, guys, you ready? You ready to talk and make some people angry? Uh, we're talking about the big angry. bad wolf. The big bad people. of Wall Street. Uh, initially, <laughs> investors, yes, they're they're they really dictate a lot of the market, and they are the guys that kind of drive prices up and they kind of wreck things. But in this case, um, you know, it's not a bad thing. You know, don't don't blame Wall Street. Wall Street suffers in their own way. Well, and I and, think and, the most and if the if 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 the stocks are down. Not always, but that means interest rates are going to drop. Well, there's, there's two things, right? Like the big argument mm-hmm. has always been that investors are buying up all the homes. Mm-hmm. We have companies like BlackRock and Invitation Homes and all these different people that own all these houses and own entire neighborhoods. And because they do that, then all the home prices get jacked up, right? We went through the same cycle two years ago now with Open Door. Mm-hmm right? And Zillow that were just buying homes, right? Open Door was buying homes. Zillow was buying homes as their, that whole iBuyer thing. They're technically an investor as well, even though they're also a brokerage. And I mean, you remember we had people that, there was the worst time to list a house two years ago that I've ever seen them like in my life because we would look at comparables and go, yeah, your house is worth based on these comparables, $640,000. And then they go, well, Zillow is going to give me $740,000. And then we go, take it. I yes. guess it's yeah. not so real. It was good for the consumer too, though. Good. No, that's what yeah. I'm saying. But the, my point is, I think what happened is now, once that fell apart, like we knew it was going to, because it wasn't sustainable. Well, they were hedging their bets on the fact that the market was going to, you know, continue to just con- yeah, twenty percent month over end. Done. It was so dumb. No. The lack of hindsight. I mean, it's just, anyway, that's beside the point. <laughs> but I think people then got scared and they go, "Wait a second. Like Zillow came in and Open Door came in, they priced out this neighborhood, and then. You know, you get investors and you read the stories of, you know, um, I forget who it was. I think it was Invitation Homes that bought an entire Dallas suburb of new construction because new construction wasn't selling. So they bought like 47 homes. And people are like, well, if they buy 47 homes, that takes away from the inventory and so on and so forth. So that's the the big, what? No one was buying them. Right. As a consumer, you should have jumped in and tried to buy them. Right. Mm -hmm. But that's the big headline is there's these entities 
that have, and they're classified, right? Like small, medium, and large investors are based on how many properties they own. Large investors are anything that has over a thousand properties, I believe is what the classification is. And there was this idea that they were the ones that were driving up home prices because they were taking inventory away. Buyers were coming in, there was less homes to buy, and then therefore the home prices were going up, which if you look at it now, we're going to talk about not necessarily true. Yeah, well, and, and I think something important to note on it is, as well is that, you know, this is, and we, we've said, I've said it multiple times, but this is the perfect storm, right? We're in a very hard economic time. Um, you know, whether or not the GDP is going up or they're saying the economy is going good, people are feeling it, right? Mm-hmm. We're at the highest level of debt that Americans have ever had, credit card debt. over Trillion? 30, yeah, over, you know, over anything in the past. Stop looking at my financials. <laughs> right? <laughs> I got so, I to I balance this just to highlight that point. Yeah. Uh, I have a Best Buy card, right? Mm, and, yes, uh, the, the lovely Best Buy card. <sighs> yeah. Well, I'm going to use it. <laughs> Which the average consumer do not use, rack up your Best Buy card. It jacks up your interest. <laughs> you know or what? Your, so your FICO, your interest. Also, your I, uh, can I just, yeah. uh, this is gonna be, I feel like this is going to be a show of tangents, so I'm okay. Here's a, just a pro tip for you guys, right? And it does take discipline, okay? But. If you want to at least utilize credit cards how they should be utilized with like points and whatnot. So like, for example, we took a trip to Miami, mm-hmm. uh, say at the Fontainebleau. I don't know if you guys ever heard of that hotel. It's on uh, Sounds fancy. Mid-Beach, right? It's been, around, it's been around since the 70s, but they filmed part of the Rat Pack movies there. Um, they filmed two James Bond No, I'm going to say uh, you didn't come back with there. A, a porn mustache. I thought about it. I, I, wanted, I really oh man, did. I would have paid money. To I like my beard so much, though, dude. I know. <laughs> the beard. The beard is the man's sweatpants for his face. I <laughs> thought about it, and I was like, man, I just, I don't know if I can I do would it. I would have loved that. I would have uh, made my day. But anyway, so we, we went there, dude. and it's a night. I mean, it's a Vegas hotel. Brad Walters in Miami. mustache. Oh, dude. The best. Yes, that was, I couldn't do that. That See, dude that's what has I'm saying. the best I couldn't, mustache I couldn't compete ever. It. Anyway. Um, anyway. But we we did it, and it's an expensive hotel. It's like three, four hundred bucks a night. It's a Vegas hotel. Anything in Miami. Yeah, it's expensive, right? And flights out there aren't cheap. And we were able to use credit card points, and paid for ninety percent of the trip. Sweet. Right. So once we got out there, obviously the food and the drinks are Vegas prices, but the accommodations and the flight out were free because we used points. My 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 whole point on points is we talk about credit card debt, and I think it's just this is important, and it takes self discipline. But if you think about it, I've I have Chase. So I've got my business credit card, my personal debit card, business debit card, so on and so forth. Anytime I do something like go get gas and spend 75 bucks, I put it on my Chase Sapphire card. And then as I'm filling up my tank, I go to my bank account on my phone and I transfer $75 from my debit card to pay the credit card off Mm -hmm. for whatever that purchase price is, right? Because if you have the money, anytime you're going to use your debit card to buy something, Really, you should use a credit card and then just transfer the money from your debit to your credit. Especially if you're out of town. But at least now you start to get the points. And the beauty of that is if you accumulate enough, I had 75,000 points or something well, like that. I was going to say. That, turns into $7,500. Yeah, but that's a good, <laughs> and you say it's a tangent, but that plays exactly into where I was going with that, right? One reason that it's a perfect storm is because we're at a period of time where money knowledge and, mm-hmm. and financial knowledge. Financial literacy. Literacy. Play the has game. To be, yeah. Yes. has to be higher. Yes. Because the reason that all of this is happening with the corporations is because we have a large sum of Americans who are struggling, myself included, right, that are seeing titles like hedge fund puts together $1 billion to buy single family homes. Mm-hmm. And they're going, oh, they have a billion dollars. I don't have anything. You know, like, and, I, and I under, where I understand that, it's, but also having gone through the journey of financial literacy and actually going, okay, you know what? Credit is, credit is necessary. You, you need to borrow money to make money. Cre- right? Credit is key yes. here, here in the mm-hmm. States. And I, 
I'm not as good as Jameson. I I don't like using my credit card. I'm not saying I'm good. I, I <laughs> let me let me make that very very clear. But I am not. But I, I, I just know how it works. I have and a chance. When I remember it, I do it. But there are also times where I just put shit in my credit card and yeah. I forget to pay it. So that's how that, I forget to pay it. So, oh no, man. I do. I do. I have a Chase American Airlines. Yeah, and that's my Vegas trip for March Madness. Right, it gets paid by that. Exactly. See, I'm a, I'm a, see but that I'm. A, it's funny because, like I said, coming from the, the hippie mindset, they're like, I'm not gonna spend the money on this. When you say like, oh, you know, sometimes I put something on my credit card. No, no, no. We'll be at the store and Elise will be like, oh, well, you know, I got it. I'll pay for this. I'm like, no, I get points on my credit card. Yes. So let me pay for it. And which, just is, me which is great. And I'll pay it off. Which right? is great. Yes. Like, but that's my whole point in this is that what, what's happening is by being so secluded and, and being online and, and honestly not understanding because in all reality, like a lot of people don't understand money when it gets above a certain level right mm -hmm. like a lot of people don't understand that one billion dollars is is not something that's normally attainable that's not a real real figure when it comes to a normal you know base level person in the economy like you, you no matter what you do it's gonna be very hard for you to touch that right and when we see numbers like that it's hard for us to formulate and go wait a second mm -hmm. how am i going to go up against these companies right. and they're coming in and buying and everything and that's when we start to perpetuate that anger, that, that yes. frustration. And, and again, whether it's a billion or a hundred dollars, mm -hmm. you, you can manage it the same way. Well, and I love it. Mark Cuban just had, there, there's, I saw something, I don't know if you guys saw, but he's at, he, after this season, he's backing off a shark tank. He's not doing it anymore. But mm -hmm. somebody asked him a question on a podcast recent, recently where it was, if you had $500 right now, how would you use it and what would you do? And he was like, that is the best question that anybody's mm -hmm. ever asked me. And then he set it out. He said, I would spend $100 on this. I'd spend this on this. I'd put this in here. And it's, again, it's because he has financial Actually, I think literacy. what he said was, he went, I'm going to go find a company, yep. get into a sales role, mm -hmm. learn everything I can about that industry, be the best in the industry, and then just become the best salesperson there is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, and I'll pocket the 500 bucks. And it's right? about money management and how you allocate your your cash yeah take a dollar i mm -hmm. mean i think it's a t harv Eker that that gives the analogy that you know uh, spread that dollar i'll take one dollar mm -hmm. don't take your whole paycheck that take as much as you can let's take a dollar 10 cents goes here ten, and it's mm -hmm. percentages yeah. right 10 cents 10 percent is going to go to your educational fund 10 percent is going to mm -hmm. go to your investment fund 10 percent to, to your entertainment and it breaks out the whole dollar you don't mm -hmm. have to have a billion just or get in the habit of money management and I'm not the best, but just simplify it and just get in the habit of doing yeah. it. Warren Once Buffett. you get in the habit of doing it, then you're working your money. Right. Well, Warren Buffett work. says it. Everybody wants fast money. Nobody wants long money. And, and at the same time, we're talking about these big corporations. Mm -hmm. I have a buddy, Chris. I don't know if he wants me to mention his last name or not. But when I got into the industry, we got in at the same time. We're roughly the same age. Right now, you know what Chris is doing? He's living in Florida. Mm -hmm. Living his life. His kids play hockey. And he's at all hockey games. And let me guess, he, he invested. He did. Yeah. You know exactly. what I was doing? I was making paychecks Grinding, and, and, yeah. and, 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 and making it rain. <laughs> yeah. I, would, I was in my early 20s. Yeah. I, was, I was going buying bottle service and mm -hmm. living my best life. Now, you can't take that from me. That's yep. going to be my memories for the rest of my life. But you know what he was doing? He was saving his cash. And when things mm -hmm. went south, he bought a ton of, I think it was either Shea or Lennar Homes. I think it was Shea. He bought a bunch of Shea Homes. Over in Highlands Ranch. Oh, yeah, yeah. He has you, a few in the hearth. Yep. And he has at least seven homes mm -hmm. that he bought back in 2008, nine that are probably, he probably owes nothing. 100, okay. 100K yeah. on it. And, 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 and what are they renting for P right now? Perfect example. $5,000. Right? He's even VRBOing some for but, six mm -hmm. to seven grand. But see, and he has six of them. A perfect example, what Oscar just said is again, two people starting at the same level. One, like you said, you enjoyed it, 
you, you use your money, you made your memories. The other one went, oh, I'm going to put this money here and, and plan long, longer term, whatever it was. But again, you were both at the same level, right? Absolutely. And, and what with we're the same knowledge. About, He's actually, yeah. and Chris, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we had the conversation, so he could call me out if he wants. We were in his car during the, the recession, and we were short selling property, so we were door knocking. And he said, dude, I don't understand how I'm set up and I, I, I have business. You're a better realtor than I am. Mm-hmm. And that hit me right in the gut well, and, because and, he's financially more savvy yeah. with his money at the time. Yeah. Well, at the and, time. and the reason I bring that up is because, like I said, we have these large entities, right? In, in your case, if you guys were sitting there talking to Chris, I guarantee you wouldn't look at him and be like, I hate you because you have seven properties. Right. I hate you because you're making money. You, yeah, you'd be a little bit upset and maybe a little Nicest bit jealous. Nicest guy in the world, right? too. But that's my whole point mm-hmm. in this is... Everybody, because of how we are right now, with everything going on, people, it's easy for us to, to, to take the scapegoat yep. and go, Find the oh, bad yeah. guy. Exactly. Point it, the finger. And that's exactly how it's been set up when, in all reality, the numbers don't show that, right? They don't. And, and that's something, again, we've talked about. And again, thank you for everybody who's commented or talked with us on YouTube, on, on our videos, TikTok, whatever it is. But it, we want to go over some of the numbers and some of the backing to the fact that investors, these companies, they're in it for the quick money. They don't, they don't want to wait 10 years, sit five to, seven, five to 10 years on a property to make this equity. They want to go and flip it. And yeah, that can make things a little bit more expensive. But with the way that everything is based on the real estate market, right? Mm-hmm. So if house prices aren't going up, do you think that these corporations want to hold an asset that's only going right. to make them 1% over the next three years? The good companies are going to have a good business plan. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and it, whether it's short term or long term, they're going to they're going to forecast and they're going to say, you know, this isn't going to be feasible for us. Mm-hmm. When Open Door came to Colorado, I knew at the time that it was in a market for them. Yep. And but it was at the time very, very lucrative if they were to come in. I think they invested three point four billion dollars just in the Colorado. Fact check me. Um, but this was, I think, 2000. I want to say 16, roughly 17. And um, they dumped all this money. They did allocate. Uh, they acquired a lot of property. Um, they were offering still not as much as the, the consumer can, you know, can get on the open market. But then slowly they just kept creeping up, creeping up to the point to they saw the forecast and they thought it was going to go long term. And that's when uh, Jameson brought it up that they were offering the consumer a lot more than mm-hmm. the property should have sold for because they knew by the end of the next year it was going to double. Yep. And when it didn't, they had all this inventory. Mm-hmm. Well, and they also there's a shady aspect to it. I mean, they essentially they were. I think this is my opinion that they were trying to price fix. Yeah, oh, uh, absolutely. Speaking of price fixing, because they were, what they were trying to do was they were trying to set comps, mm-hmm. right? So they would go in and they would yeah, buy ten. If they homes. could buy enough homes in the yeah, neighborhood. Yeah, they buy ten they homes, mm-hmm. ten homes in a neighborhood, offer on ten homes in the neighborhood. Eight of them would be at market value. Two would be Inflated. above market value, and then they would buy the other eight, and then they would resell them at the comps they just set for the two that they sold for a hundred thousand dollars over and then try and make a profit on all eight, right? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't sustainable. It was shady. Uh, they got called out for it. A lot of lawsuits happened for them, which ironically, another fucking side note, there was not enough <laughs> of a stink. Uproar. Uproar brought up when Zillow and Open Door were essentially price fixing and trying to set comps in neighborhoods so that they could make more money. And yet... We're yeah, but we're, we yeah, 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 yeah. Slap the realtors on slap the realtors on the wrist. Those are two but what, that, what the big yes. companies like those two big yes. companies did was much worse. Yes, yeah. well, much and, worse. And so, so Jameson, I know anyway. you know 
Sorry. We have. I just as I'm bourbon. going through, I'm like, yeah, that's. I mean, right. it was like it was a news article for like a day. Yeah. I'm like you guys realize that you're just you're you're fucking over hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah. Right. But anyway, and and anyway. so and oh by the way, guess who they were paying? They were paying. They were offering us three percent commission. Mm-hmm. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Hmm. And to so the point where our commissions went away. Yeah. With builders, there was builders cutting us out. Yeah. When I started offering nothing. When I started, it was like 0.8, if not 0.5, from from. Dude, Lennar was Lennar was paying fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Dude, wait, c- because back in the day, back in my day, dude, Richmond was offering three percent, sometimes four, and a trip to Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then right? they went from that and to a Mercedes. Screw you guys. Right? Yeah. 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 They were like the well, Mary Kay of the builders. And and you know, obviously, guys, we, we don't we don't. Yeah, we're just three guys that, you know, talk about the market and drink bourbon. But one thing that all three of us are very, very adamant about is that we want to bring receipts. We want to bring yes. you numbers, statistics, yep. you know, and, and we're not just sitting here spewing it, right? No. Yeah, and so, if anybody knows me, I am for the consumer a thousand percent. I've taken losses for the consumer. That's why, well, that's why we do this. We look that's why up. we do this in the first place. Please come sit down and talk yep. with us, right? We're here for you. But, Jameson, go ahead, throw, throw some of the number at, numbers at us, right? And, and you know, we... There's people that'll say, oh, well, this statistic, that statistic. And yes, statistics are skewed left, Correct. right, yes. up, down. Yep. But at the same time. Whatever your your, your um, you, agenda is. Yeah, you can make it the way you want. But the numbers that we're going to show you are are over 30-year spans that mm-hmm. we're comparing. And, yeah. and, you know, going over and certain certain companies that aren't even related. They're, they're companies that get paid to yep. do the research, right? These are the ones that we're pulling this information from. And the number one fact that I want to drive home is that we are sitting at the largest amount of home ownership mm-hmm. in United States history by American citizens. Yeah. So here's, I'm going to preface this by saying, when Oscar's touched on it multiple times, real estate is local, okay? Mm-hmm. It is so local. Uh, and when we look at these kind of numbers and we try and make sense of what's happening across the landscape, we look at it from a national standpoint, right? Yep. So I know what's going to happen is I'm going to say something then somebody's going to go in the comments and go, well, in my neighborhood, it's like this, which could very well be true. But if you're looking at trends, you don't look at trends on a microeconomic scale. You look at trends on a macroeconomic scale because everything is cyclical. It'll balance out eventually. And Colorado has been proven to lead the market and the nation in statistics. I'm going to take the last four years because that includes Mm pre-pandemic, pandemic, and post-pandemic, right? So call it 2019 to 2020. Those are some Wild West years too. I know, right? It's fucking Mm -hmm. crazy. But if you look at when investor, um, when investor activity skyrocketed to the highest level we've ever seen it was during COVID. Yep. Because the U.S. government, in all of its wisdom, said, oh, you want to buy this as an investment property? Tell you what, we'll give you the same interest rate as if you're a first-time home buyer yep. on an FHA loan to buy this property, mm-hmm. even though we know you're going to turn around and rent it out, right? So that means that, like, right now, if and Oscar, you can attest to this, right? If I want to go buy a secondary home, as an investment property, minimum I have to put down is 10%, minimum. And that's gonna get me like a nine and a half, 10%, and I probably have to pay some points. Or in some cases, it's gotta be, if it's if it's farther than what, 60 miles away from my miles primary, from, yeah. then I'm 25% down, right? It, and I'm still it, at a 9%. Yeah, I mean, your, uh, your, your rate will get better if, if it's a secondary home. Correct. And you gotta prove why it's a secondary home. Exactly, you gotta and jump it through has the hoops. Yes. a certain amount of miles. The point is, three years ago, I could have bought a house 20 feet from my current house, said it was a, it was a secondary investment property and getting a 3.25% interest rate, right? Mm-hmm. Which means money's cheap, investors come in, home prices were low, they were gonna, so they, their, 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 their uh, activity jumped, mm-hmm. okay? 
in that four years, then what you would assume is with the amount of activity, the whole gamut of investors, correct? Yes, all the, of them. from the small to the from big, the, yeah, yep. mom and pop, all the way up to the big investors, right? So you're talking that in 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 that time period, they were buying up about twenty percent of the homes that were on the market. Okay, that's it's a real number between call it twenty twenty one. Or 2020 and 2022, they bought about 20% of the homes. Okay, and see, and historically, and that average is about 15%, 15, 16%. Because big, big investors, the big guys, thousand properties plus, they don't give a crap what rates Correct. are because they got the hedge fund yeah. money. Well, and they're so, going to buy in bundles. But and, they do now, and they buy when the market's down. Right. The, cons- the, the the consumer at large will not and cannot mm-hmm. do it. So they come in, they're like, we'll do it. Case in point, 2023. Right. We'll do it. <laughs> so what ends up happening is we look at it and we say, okay, so during the COVID, when we had the rate drops, investor activity increased, which would normally mean that what we measure as primary home ownership would mm-hmm. decrease yes. over that same time frame, right? Mm-hmm. Which would then lend itself to the argument that, okay, well, investors, whether they're small or large, are buying up all these properties and they're forcing home ownership to lower levels. The opposite is true. So since 2019, as of 2023, we actually have 6.6 million more homeowners than primary residents, not not secondary, not investment, primary residents, families, singles, boyfriend, girlfriend, 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 boyfriend, boyfriend that live in the same house Everything. and use it as their primary residence. Six and a half million more than we did in 2019. Okay. Mm-hmm. The percentage normally floats around 62 to 63 percent of households are primary residents owned households. We're at 66 yep. percent. So what does that tell me? What it tells you is that even though investor activity increased to historic highs mm-hmm. during COVID, home ownership also increased. And the only way that happens is if there's enough inventory for people to buy homes. Yep. Now, let me let me play devil's advocate. Yep. Would the investor help the market in this scenario? Let's say that there's now more homes on the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, your, your consumer cannot buy. So an investor comes and says, I'll take a bulk amount thousand properties in texas now they rent them out now they have all this assets that you know if they take their billion dollars put it in a high-risk vehicle uh, it might get right. you know 15 percent mm-hmm. um and they could lose their butt off on it yep. or they spend that money on a thousand units and make 20 percent month over end they're gonna say okay well Let's rent them out, and then that's going to drive rents down. Mm-hmm. Now, that's good for the consumer, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And it's going to turn around and ruffle the feathers on the real estate sales side. Sure. So is that going to now promote lower prices and stabilization of our current market? Right. And I think that's, that's a good point, right? Because the other piece of this that I find super interesting, when we talk about, and again, I'm just painting the like the wolf of Wall Street, like the big, the big bad, yeah. the big bad wolf, right? Big bad wolf is any companies or investment companies in real estate that own more than a thousand units, okay? They're the ones that everybody goes, they're buying up all the properties and, and driving up home prices. With that said, uh, commercial real estate's suffering right now. So, well, well I'm not talking commercial. I'm right, talking and, and I'm saying they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna focus their, their chops on real residential. They will eventually, yeah. So let me ask you guys a question. If you take a market, major metropolitan markets, right? So not just capital cities, but just major oh, metropolitan you. markets. How many, when we talk about the large home investors, how many, what percentage of their holdings are within six 
major metropolitan markets in the United States. All right. So, so basically, what you're asking is how much do these? So, if I've how, got a portfolio, how many properties right? do these? You take all the portfolios yeah. of all the big bad investors, BlackRock, Invitation Homes, etc. Right? There is a percentage that they have invested in six markets. I'll give you the markets. Okay. Okay. The markets are Dallas, Phoenix, Charlotte, North Carolina, Atlanta, and I forget what the other one is. There's another one in the South in the Sun Belt, mm. right? Uh, I think it's uh, Miami. Okay, so those are the six markets. So in those six markets, what percentage of every major thousand plus property portfolio is in just those six markets? I want to say 60%. It's not that high, but. Um, I mean, 30. About 40%. Okay. okay. So 40% Which, of everything they invest in is in six cities across the United States. And those cities are pretty, like, popping. No, you're Check not only out. popping, but you have a very big discrepancy in wealth. Miami, you have the billion dollar where you just came from resorts and, and you know, making it rain. And then they have Dade County, right. which is broke what? and very crime ridden. Dallas, same thing. Right. Atlanta, same thing. Phoenix, same thing. So, yeah. it's, so there's but, something but, to look at. So, but check this out, right? So now you take that 40%, okay? 14%. Of all of them are in one city in 11 zip codes. And it's really? Atlanta. Yep. Right? So when you talk about, oh my God, they're buying up all the houses, you guys got to understand that they are severely concentrated mm -hmm. in very specific markets. And the fact that every company that owns over a thousand uh, units, 14% of their holdings are in 11 zip codes in a single city in the United States, mm -hmm. in one state, in Georgia. Right. Let me tell now, you. Now, why do you think that is? I would. Just I don't say, know this for a fact, but I have a theory. I would just say that it's. I mean, Atlanta is one of the the highest growing areas right now for production and, and companies moving in. When you say production, what do you mean? Video production. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you watch a movie, I mean, Tyler Perry's down there. Well, if you watch a movie, at the end of the credit, it's mm -hmm. thank you to the state of Georgia. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. If you have video production going down there, mm -hmm. those guys are renting out homes. They're Airbnb homes. Yep. You have the cast coming in. You have the crew coming in. All these different things. 14% mm -hmm. of their holdings are in Atlanta. So right now, is Atlanta probably overpriced? Yes. Yeah. And if you're watching this from Atlanta, Let I'm telling know. you why. You guys, it's a double-edged sword, right? Yep. You get the influx from an economic standpoint and all of this money from you know Disney Studios and, and DreamWorks and every other production company on the planet, like every, almost every single reality TV show is filmed in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. Now, let's, right? let's take... Let's so take you, get the, you get the plus side of, hey, our economy's growing, there's always going to be jobs, so on and so forth. The, the minus side, right, the other side of Occam's Razor is your housing prices are probably higher than or increasing faster than the nationwide average because of that. So you guys have to understand when we when you talk about oh it's the big bad it's not. No. Like they're well, so well if, and if you want to be a prime dog in, specific, in investment oh. uh, investor or or Wall Street or yeah. let's let's call it, let's call it a an investor. Are you going to go to Wyoming or are you going to go to Wall Street? Exactly. You're going to Wall Street, right? Yeah. So what is the res, the let's say the rental rate in New York. Well, okay. okay. So, I mean, that kind of plays into yeah. it. And let, let's see from, from let's, let's dial it down to where their business plan is, right? Mm -hmm. let's, let's take it down to us. If you had $200,000, yep. where would you invest it? 
What state would you I'm invest going, in? I'm going back to North Carolina. Okay. Where would you go, Jamal? Tennessee borderline. If I was If you have 200 k down and you're like, I'm going to invest in some real estate, where would you go? I'd go to the Midwest. I'd go Ohio. I'd go Illinois. Um, I'd go like Kentucky around Lexington. Arizona. Uh, I wouldn't go Arizona right now. I, I would go. I, I personally would go not too far. Um, I'd probably go to Missouri, Kansas. Yeah. Well, because my, my money is going to go a lot yeah, further. The, yeah. The and then I could just play it yep. a little bit and, better, and, right? And, and, and these investors are the same thing. They're going to look at where their money is going to go further yeah. and make a bigger profit well, on. And, and here's the other thing, too. And, you know, reading reading through the article, too, and, and something that they mention, and I think is a, is a huge point, and we talk about this all the time, is, oh, man, I got another good stat. is, is inclusion, right? And, yeah. like, being a part of it and knowing what's going on. One thing that, you inclusion know... Inclusion high school sucked. <laughs> but one kidding. thing that everybody everybody is kind of, you know, like I said, it's easy to go, I hate these people with a lot of money, but... Turn the mirror. Look in the mirror, right? Mm-hmm. We have so many places, and just a great example. I love it. Place in Western North Carolina where I went to college called Silver, North Carolina. I know so many people that are getting angry there because these Floridians are coming up and buying all the all the properties. Blah, blah. Okay, but when's the last time you went to a community meeting on changing the zoning to allow more building in this certain area and not limiting your inventory so the only properties that they can buy are the inventory that you would go for, right? right? And we see the same thing out here, just just like in Boulder, right? Boulder's suffering right now. Lakewood, right? Lakewood, Arvada. All these these towns are holding off because so many people, I don't want them to move in. I don't want more more homes to come in. Okay, well, at this point, you're hurting yourself because if we do have, even though it's lower, even though they're not buying as much, they're selling off more, these companies, if there's not inventory growing, if there's not spaces coming up, the homes, now you're forcing yourself to compete against these people with higher money, even if it's not the thousand plus owners, it's people like your buddy that can, that have the capital that can come in. So at the same time as, yeah, they're buying it up. We're not doing anything to help ourselves because we're not involving ourselves in expanding the ability to build more and grow more. We're not. And I think there's also a human element to it where it is when it comes to the general public, right? Not everybody has specialized knowledge in everything. No. And it's easy to point the finger at just one big bad target that you see a headline say, okay, it's this person's fault. It's a lot more difficult to take the nuances of where we're at from an economic standpoint and look at the data and go, okay, maybe that's not really what's happening. Because if you look at it, so from 2016 till now, mm-hmm. homeowner, owner-occupied homes have increased by 11.1 million across the United States. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think the stock of rentals owned by the five largest investor bad boys have increased in that same time frame? I'm going to go less than 1%. Give me a number. I'm going to go 5.7%. No, no, like a like a number of units. Oh, a number oh, of units. So 11 million added owner-occupied homes versus in the same time frame, so 2016 to 2023. 1 million. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say around 1 million. 275,000. Oh, wow. I was going to say <laughs> 5, but that's not a lot. But that's the point, right? Yeah. People assume that they're buying up millions of homes. Mm -hmm. They're not, right? Invitation Homes is one of the largest holders of rental properties in the United States, okay? And they're the ones that do like home, uh, what is it, Home Home Partners of America? Mm -hmm. Uh, Single family and, and, well, they do single family, right? So we'll just do single family. And they they sell back to the consumer. They only own 80-some thousand units across the United States. But everybody sees the headline and they assume that they own... 8 million households. They, they just, they don't. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, they don't. And, and that's I, the point that we're trying to get across is, yes, investors are in the works because they will be in the works in every single industry that has a commodity for sale. 
But to Oscar's point, it could actually be a good thing, right? If I'm an, a homeowner in a neighborhood and an investor comes in and flips four or five of the trashy houses in my neighborhood. Your value just went up. Your value went up. Congratulations, yeah. right? Yeah. If I'm a first-time home buyer, I may be able to get into a nicer house at a lower price because they bought them really cheap and I can turn around and purchase that. And at the I end can of the rent game. to own, I can do all these different things. So it's not a bad thing, but what's happening is everybody's getting frustrated about affordability and they're blaming the easiest target, which is yeah. the investors in Wall Street. Wall Street, the investors- The investors that you're talking about are a very good thing. And the, the investors, and they, they're, they're purchases yeah. year over year are down 35%. Yep. Why is that? Because <laughs> they don't want to own it. You talked so about they're, they're, they're turning around and giving the, the, the general public a chance to buy the house that at the end of the day, they're putting some skin in the game. Yep. Yeah. The guys that suck are the open doors and all the guys that inflated and try to price- um, you know, man, uh, manipulate the prices, right? Uh, but the investors are going in, they're buying the, the dump house. No one's going to buy it. I'm not going to buy it. It's going to cost me too much money. But they're going to come in and say, all right, I'm going to rehab it and then offer it as first-time home buyer. Now, they're, uh, uh, it's an opportunity for yep. the consumer. And then the neighborhood's going to be like, thank you, right? Mm -hmm. So those investors are actually really good. And at the same time, if they have a good business plan, it's going to work for them when the rest of the general public is... It's quote unquote suffering and into yeah. a recession and all that, right? But at the same time, they have time, the ability think, for it. I think it's, I think it's, you know, actually, what I'm going to hold it. That's going to be, I'm, I'm going to hold that for my yeah, one. Hold it. So away. here's yeah. here's something else to think about, right? Because I've gotten this comment before in previous videos that I've done on this, and a lot of people go, "Well, you guys are just focusing on the big mom and pop or the big investors. What about mom and pop investors? Ten or less doors, or mm -hmm. at least ten doors, right? Single family homes specifically. Investors that have at least ten properties only own about three. 3.4% of all single-family homes in the country. The big investors with over 1,000 units, which includes AMH Homes, Invitation Homes, Tricon Residence, and Prentium, own less than 1% of single-family homes in the United States. So if you guys think that that is what is causing this increase in home prices and affordability crisis, the numbers just don't back it up. And I had a, I had a mentor, uh, shout out Steve Byers, he was my DM, my, my district manager for Best Buy, he always, his favorite, his favorite thing to say was nothing screws up an argument more than facts. Yeah. Right. Well, and that's what we're trying to get across. It takes the emotional part out of it. And the yeah. reason I'm trying to get across this is because when you guys pivot from being a victim mm -hmm. to a faceless Wall Street entity that is buying up all the homes in your area and driving up prices minus Atlanta, because I actually do think that is happening there yes. just based on the numbers, but overall, and you pivot from that to how do I now take advantage of it? Mm -hmm. I want to go back real quick to what Oscar said. Okay. If I am somebody in Colorado and let's say it's us three, right? And we're, we're hanging out here in Castle Rock and we want to invest in something because we want to be landlords or we want to invest in property. Do one, does it require a license? Yes. No. For to, to an investor? To, no. To buy oh, no, 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 no. It doesn't require a license. It doesn't require a license to invest. Two, if I want to go in with you three and go buy a property, does it have to be in the state that we live in? Nope. Okay. So that brings me to the next point. How many of you guys know that Fannie Mae just came out and made it a hell of a lot easier for a first-time home buyer to house hack? Mm -hmm. Okay. And when we say house hack, we mean buy like a duplex or a triplex or a fourplex, live in one unit, rent out the other three as an investment. And you property. could buy it at 3%. Three, three to 5%. Percent. Okay. So... Can you do that anywhere? Yeah, if you're young and you, you don't have anything tying you down and you want to move somewhere that's affordable for the next two years, do it. 
Like, investment and like I said in the prior um, podcast, if you're young and you don't want to be tied down, guess what? Rent it out or sell it. Try mm-hmm. breaking a lease. Yep. It's gonna take you're gonna or lose some, of, you're gonna lose some money regardless, and it's gonna be hard to break a lease. You don't have to break more; you just sell it. Think, you can sell it whenever you want. Think about it this way: so let's say us three go in and we want to buy a we want to buy a duplex, okay? And let's say we want to you know we put ten percent down. Well, a duplex in Cleveland, Ohio, that you could rent out, right? You got to run your numbers, but you can rent it out. Maybe cost $250,000 for a duplex, both units, right? You don't have to live it as a primary, but you need at least 10% down. Pay a higher interest rate. Even at 20% down, you're talking $50,000. Okay, divided by three people, right? $17,000 a person, roughly. Not terrible. All three of us could take out a HELOC right now at 6% and pool our money, go buy a duplex, pay a property management company to run it. Now we own a piece of property in Cleveland, Ohio. We don't even have to touch. We don't have to get renters for it. We don't collect the checks. We get an we asset man- management company to take care of it. Right. They do for everything for you. 8% mm-hmm. of your gross, gross rent. Yes, you have to do research, but I think that's part of this. This point is if you're mad at the investors for buying up all these homes and driving up home prices, well, they're investing where it makes sense for them. How do they do that? They use tools. They have a skill set. It's, it's the age old classic. Right. They've it's got the knowledge old. to be able to do that. So instead if, of, Having the victim mentality, go learn how to invest. Talk to us. We can teach you how to invest, how to run the numbers. If you have some pocket change, let's see how, if we can do it, make it work. What Jameson is trying to say is if you can't beat them, join join them. them. (laughs) Right? But you can only join them. But you're not going to join them. You're going to do better than them. Yeah, exactly. Beat them at their own game. To put in the work Mm -hmm. and to learn, right? And I mean, realistically, all you need to know is what your return on investment is, what your... Okay. What, you know, let, me, let me throw this out there. What your cap if, is. If you open a business, mm-hmm. if you open a business, statistically, you will not turn a profit in how long? I think it's five 10 years. years, right? Okay. Five I, years, I was going to say six months. But, you know, realistically, if, if, you, if you open a business and you're like killing it, you're probably yeah, not going to see yeah. a profit it, yeah. right. in six <laughs> months, right? <laughs> yeah. If you do real estate right, worst case scenario, you break even. Yep. But you're looking at 90 days mm-hmm. if, if you're doing a flip. Correct. And, and, if you, and if you work your numbers right and you're doing a long-term hold, you should see profits within the first two to three months. Right. Credit is an asset. It is not a death sentence if you use it correctly. Yes. A lot but, of the world doesn't deal with credit and mm-hmm. you have to buy everything cash. You have the magical word well, of credit guys, here in the States. The, the investing companies are doing exactly. right? Yeah. They're leveraging their debt. <laughs> exactly. That's it. I can. The I U.S. Can, does it. Our can, government does it. Yeah. I can. We go can borrow from debt. another fucking country right. to bail us out, but it's going to help the, the American people. Mm-hmm. They I, do it all the time. I can yeah. go in debt $20,000 and own a $400,000 piece of real estate. Yep. What is our, uh, our debt right now? Oh, Over thirty billion. Fucking, yeah, no, 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 no. The U.S. the 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 national oh, debt. Oh, it's a lot. It's There's a lot of zeros. It's 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 trillion something zeros. dollars. Yeah. It's stupid, yeah. but it's smart money. Mm-hmm. So I was still well, one of the up. greatest ones. It's, it's, we'll, all, made, it's, it's made all up, right? you know. We'll print more of I that think, shit. Uh, you know, and and if you don't like us, we have the bigger stick. That's right? the way they would think. <laughs> I'd say, I don't want to start a war, but that's the way they think. And again, guys, we we want we want to have these conversations with you because at the end of the day, all three of us have come from a place where we were the corporate drones. We, we were working. We were working for certain companies. I was for banks. I was from, right? I'm from the financial right? institution. And, and, it's, and we all took the time and to learn it and, and put the effort in. And, and guys, at the end of the day, it's not, I don't expect you to sit at home and, and take three hours out of your day to research and become a financial expert. Really, we live in the best period of time in human history. 
to have the most access available to us ever. So think about it. If you take 20 minutes and denote yourself to financial literacy, just 20 minutes every day. And you don't not even, even have to read hour. it. Call no. us. We'll, yeah. we'll educate you. T take 20 minutes every day. That's after a week. You're looking at over two hours of research. After a year, you're looking, you know what I mean? Like, it builds up. That's exactly what I did. That's exactly what we all did. And this is this is just a casual conversation, right? Yeah. We're having fun. We're drinking bourbon. We're, you know, whatever. When we sit down with you, we'll, it'll be at a different, I mean, yeah. if you want me to look like this, I will. But it'll be on conference table or your your home, wherever you want to be. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have a serious conversation. Shit, no bourbon, a, maybe after bourbon or during bourbon. Yeah, I don't care. Go yeah. We're going to talk numbers. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a serious conversation, and here's the game plan. Is it going to be easy? Maybe not. Yeah. But are you going to have some risk? There's no risk. There's no reward without any risk, and right. that's what these investors are still risking. And lenders are free to talk to. Yes, <laughs> and whatever you sign up with them, it's not a contract. It's mm -hmm. an application. Exactly. If you want to pull it halfway through, pull it. You'd lose nothing. Exactly. Yep. All right, Jamie, you look like you're, you're biting to throw one more. We're, uh, we're coming up. We've been no, holding I think them for a while. We might have to do this as a separate, as a separate topic, but okay. I, there, there's another – uh, trend that we're starting to see. It's build to rent communities. Yes. Right. And mm -hmm. you know, essentially what it is is instead of builders like Richmond building a community and then selling them individually to private buyers like mm -hmm. you and me, they would build a community and then lease them yeah. to the buyers. Right. And it, the there, good, there's one in our neighborhood. Yeah. The good news is it, it'll, it'll put downward pressure on rents. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I don't, I don't think it's going to be a massive thing because there's a lot of logistics like because land is expensive and they're the not making they're more of it. To, yeah, the only way they're they're able to finance large developments is because they sell them at a profit. Mm -hmm. Versus if you're building to rent, you're spending all this money on land. But if you're only making two to three hundred dollars per household, I don't know if the numbers work out yeah. entirely. But it is something to keep an eye out for, right? And if you're somebody that is in the in the has the ability to purchase a house like that, it may be something that that you can go to. But um, it's a I don't know. It's a, it's a new thing that's happening. Mm -hmm. um, well, there's a lot of weird new things. Like, yeah, I mean, here in Colorado, again, hyper, hyper local, you know, again, with the whole homeless thing, yeah. they're turning the, the, the yeah. hotels into, into and, homeless and, shelters. And, yeah. it, and they, they took a, like a video of the interior and they're mm -hmm. just trashing. We have a lot of fixing to do. Yeah. But that's just everything. Well, I talked about it's growing it. Pants. I think it was two it weeks is. ago um, with uh, Airbnb yeah. is doing their, um, uh, I forget what it's called, apartment, Airbnb apartments. Mm -hmm where you can go and you can purchase, or not purchase, sorry, you can lease an apartment that Airbnb co-owns with a developer and they have rules and regulations in place that allow you to short-term rent out that, your unit mm -hmm. for up to 90 days, or no, sorry, 120 days a year yep. and charge and they get you all set up. So it's if you're somebody that- Giving you options. Subletting it. Right, but it's legally subletting it. So you can sit there and say, I wanna live at you know, X amount wherever downtown I can rent this apartment out. It's a two bed, two bath for $1,600 a month. I have all the amenities, but I like to go up to the mountains on the weekends. I can then turn around and list that my unit with Airbnb, have all the same protections, all the same insurance, everything else, uh, the same platform to manage it, manage it online. And if I go to the mountains from Friday to Sunday, I can then Airbnb my unit from Friday to Sunday and make incremental income to help offset expenses, rent, so on and so forth. And dip your toes into that investment world of, okay, I own something, but I can or also offset rent your rent money. Yep. Right. So there's so, a lot of, and, a and lot of says, he says legal subletting. Cause in the past, the only way you could sublet is if you're trying to get out of a lease. Correct. I have three months <clears throat> left on the lease. I can't break it without exactly. losing two and grand. These, these I'll sublet it to someone else. And then they take the long. Yeah. Day. And these buildings are built 
in conjunction with mm-hmm. Airbnb and developers yep. for that purpose yep. specifically, which is awesome mm-hmm. because if you are out of town, you make some extra cash. It gets yep. people into investing, which goes back to the financial literacy mm-hmm. side and just doing it and getting started will help. And I yep. think that, you know, you talk about what's the, the number one, the number one industry that creates millionaires in this country is what? Real estate. It's real estate. Mm-hmm. Never Absolutely. changed. It's not Absolutely. Bitcoin. What's, what's the most it's expensive not piece of real estate? What do you Land. mean? It's the most expensive piece like of land. Like in the world? I don't know if it's in the world. I, I've had a few bourbons, but um, oh. I, I was reading, and what's it's it's kind of weird because you probably can't buy it, but what's the most expensive piece of real estate? Farmland. An asteroid? In <laughs> the world. Oh. Here uh, in, on Earth. Oh, I don't know. Like, you gotta give me, you gotta narrow it down. Like a parcel? Is I, it a house? Yeah, uh, the, the most most expensive piece of real estate. Like including the house? Like is it house? Mm, no. Land. Oh, I fuck, dude. I Antarctica. Have, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no some, idea. Some some oil it? field in South Dakota. Central Park. Oh, interesting. Now, yeah, I mean, it would make sense. The apartment surrounding Central, Central Park, Park. You can't like, buy Central Park. No. Right. No. But that's the most expensive no. piece of land. If you that makes buy sense. Interesting. Old. That makes sense. That's right awesome. in the middle That's awesome. of right? New York. Yep. That I mean, they sense. have like $33 million apartments yeah. out there. Like oh, overlooking. speaking <laughs> of. And it's no land. Another yeah. tangent, yeah. right? So I said Miami was like Vegas prices, yeah. right? So I figured, and have you ever been to Miami? Mm-hmm. Have you? Yeah. Did you go to South Beach? Yeah. Did you go to South Beach? Uh, South Beach, West Palm. Biscayne, all that. Yeah, all that yeah. stuff. So here's what I figured about Miami. Number one, I've never seen a larger group of beautiful people in my entire life. <laughs> like, at all. Right? I, I, I would say Miami but, is right up there with California. But here's... Appearances first. Yeah, yeah see, I, I'm I mean, a 10 in Denver. <laughs> Miami, I'm maybe a three. Oh, yeah. Right. I was a two. After 18 <laughs> bourbons, I might have been a three. Three and a half, maybe. Um, and that's them drinking a bottle of bourbon. Yes, yeah, yeah that's me getting them drunk. I was <laughs> dead so... Uh, but, but, no, it, it's... Because I compare it to Vegas, right? Like, mm-hmm. price-wise and entertainment-wise, it's like Vegas... But Vegas is fake money. Miami's real money. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then I was watching, uh, this is such a tangent, but I was watching American Made uh-huh. with Tom Cruise, right? And you realize all the uh, the amount of money that comes into Miami that's, you know, covered in white powder. Yes. And you realize that, like, those those drug dealers, like, those cartels built, just like the mafia built Vegas yeah. to launder money, the cartels built Miami oh, yeah. to launder money. Yeah. But now in Miami, because there's not a ton of casinos, you don't get a bunch of fake bullshit. Mm. You get like, it's, it's, it's real, real money. money. Like, yeah, it's real. It well, that, is, that's what I said. Miami it is $150 that million that yacht that they, is parked out across from Fontainebleau in a little straight of water. Just, that you watch, go, just watch Bad Boys. Yeah, Dade, Dade County <laughs> that's like <laughs> super broke. I mean, again, I have family in Florida. You got Dade County. Yeah. You have uh, um, Plant City. I mean, it's tropical ghettos. Ghettos. They're nasty, but it's tropical. I was it's, looking at. I was looking at some. But they're uh, super poor, and then you got the yachts in Miami. It's like, bro, oh my right, before, god, West Palm Beach. I was looking, oh, hold on, I was the, looking at real Epstein, estate. The Epstein's. I mean, I was dude, looking, seriously. I was looking at real estate because that's just what I do when I go places, right? There was a zero bed, one bath. There's actually ten of them for sale. <laughs> studio apartments, high rise, right on South Beach, right? So you overlook the ocean, which is pretty dope. 275 square feet is how big this a closet. Is, okay. $879,000. <laughs> yeah. You need to go take a piss. Uh, and and they somewhere. were, they were selling. Yeah. Like it's fucking well here yeah, in town, but it makes the point that that's like, if you own that place, you're making money. You're making, you're making $879,000 <laughs> in a place that's actually smaller than the little set that we're on right now yeah. for this podcast. Yes. So even local, right. Um, 
there was a time where I was doing a lot of um, uh, uh, studios and whatnot down in Denver, mm-hmm. uh, downtown Denver. Brooks Tower. Yeah. They have parking spots. Yep. You will not. It'd be. You, it's hard to find a, a place where you could buy with a parking spot because they're deeded and they were selling the parking spaces, a little parking spot for fifty to eighty k. Dude, Alicia perfect is, fucking example. Yeah, but yeah, perfect exactly. Example. And and Alicia is parking addendum. She works downtown in a high rise building. She's a leasing agent. They they're paying for a parking spot, an extra three hundred dollars a month, three hundred fifty dollars a month to have parking in Denver, right? Like. And the whole thing is... Well, hold on. We, we had a, a real estate office that I worked for. Uh-huh. We were able to park across the street because it was, quote unquote, where we, we were able to park on 19th and Blake. During Rockies games, we were kicked out. They'd come and say, hey guys, whoever's parked and where you're supposed to park for this building, you're out. Rockies are playing. We, we're, we're, we're charging yeah. 20 bucks a mm-hmm. spot. And, and, and we could go in and give them the 20 bucks. But I freaking work here. And I think so. I think I think that's before we get before we start really having too much fun with the conversation and it gets away from us. I think it's a good time to move into the one rock takeaway. Um, and I'll, I'm going to go ahead and take it. Like I said, I had this, I had this set maybe 15 minutes ago. But um, my one rock takeaway from today's episode is virtually that with everything going on in the world right now, don't sideline yourself. Don't take these headlines and go. You know what? I am. D- I, I am out. I don't have an opportunity here. If you are that person, try and practice flipping your mindset to if there's an opportunity for somebody else, there's an opportunity for me. And in this period of time, we have, as I said earlier, the most opportunity to learn and grow and get this information, make sure it's from the right sources, but don't just sit back and let it happen to you. If somebody else is doing it, there is no reason that you can't do the same thing. It may take you a little bit more time, may take you a little bit of of learning and knowledge, but you can do it. There are options out there. And if you keep telling yourself that these investors are, are buying up everything and it's ruining my chances, that is going to be a reality. Mm-hmm. But if you challenge yourself and you take the opportunity that they are taking, you can make life better for yourself. And, and I'm, this is not my, I'm just want to add to that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, a lot of the self-help business gurus that I've read and listened mm-hmm. to, they've all said, take maybe a year of your life and focus it and it may not be the best year of your life because you're going to be cramming down information but you're setting yourself up for the rest of your life mm-hmm. you take one moment of your life to better yourself to be better for the rest of your life exactly exactly absolutely i like it thank you oscar who wants to take the who wants to go with theirs uh, i was my rock one my rock takeaway was like i'm a fucking two and a half in miami <laughs> I like it. All right. All right. Now go ahead. I'll, I'll do my <laughs> two. Yeah, go. Uh, so I'll, I'll piggyback off of you, Charlie. One of the books I was reading, oh, there's been a couple, but um, Think and Grow Rich, right? Mm-hmm. You and I have talked about this. Yep. And it's based off of a book called The Secret, which I don't know if you've read. Uh, Everybody's read The Secret. Not, <laughs> dude, no, you'd be surprised. I'd, I'd, you'd be surprised at the lack of people that know how to read it. I remember okay. when no, my mother well, was yeah. carrying, around the, carrying around the book. Yeah. So, <laughs> but the one thing that it points out, and I think this, this, this goes to speak to what Charlie's saying, is that the human species has one of the like, most powerful gifts of any species. It's why we're where we're at. And it's the gift of thought, mm-hmm. right? Every single thing that has ever come into existence started as a thought. It didn't start as a material thing. It didn't start as brick and mortar. It didn't start as a piece of wood. It started as a thought of, I'm going to create or do something. 
right? And that thought is now then influenced either positively or negatively by your perception of what's happening around you. So if you can cut through the noise and cut through the bullshit and understand like, hey, you know what? Maybe my thought is I want to become rich investing in real estate. And you hold that and then everything that you do is in service of that thought. Eventually it will come to fruition because that's how things are made. Humans Jesus. couldn't fly Do I have to get into right quantum brothers. physics? Because I may not well, be Mr. Walking Thesaurus, but science-wise, I will break down quantum physics and we are all interconnected. And thoughts well, become and things, yes. and as the secret says, and we got the science correct. to prove it. Well, and that's, yeah. and that's exactly what I was going to say is humans weren't able to fly until the Wright brothers correct. took it upon themselves to make sure we were able to, mm -hmm. you know, and there's, there's so many different things that, that we've proven, like, exactly how example quantum physics nobody understood that now we we do to a certain extent peanut butter wasn't a thing until somebody mistakenly you know made made it <laughs> microwaves happened and, because and we some dude it. had a chocolate bar in his pocket you know like it's things are possible things are not possible until we think that they are mm -hmm. right and, and and we could we could take it as literally or educational wise as you want mm -hmm. or we could dial it down and, yep. and yep. just make it as basic as possible for all my anime guys Luffy the monkey. Yeah, he wants go. to be he wants to be the king of the pirates. That's right. And that's all he thinks about and he is obsessed with it. I'm so proud to be sitting here. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. I can make I can make it about quantum physics or I can make it about anime. At the that end of the day, great. this is my one one rock takeaway. Um, choose your path. Choose mm -hmm. your path but stay on course. You might divert, but you know what? Don't point the finger. Stay on what you want to do in life yep. and make it happen. Boom. It doesn't matter what the corporation doesn't matter. Doing. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what class you. you're but in. It doesn't matter your 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 IQ or right. or your um, now there's an EQ, which are totally different. And EQ kind of trumps a little bit IQ mm -hmm. um, in, in forms of management and whatnot. So it doesn't matter where you are. Educate yourself. Keep your finger on your goal. You make it happen. Screw these big corporations. And, you could do better. And learn how your perception influences your reality and understand that it, I think it sneaks up on a lot of people, yeah. right? Because you and I were talking about it before uh, Oscar got here. Like there's things that happen mm -hmm. that you go, well, okay, I guess this is just it's what it is. This is what it is. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's, it's not because I could every, every time I, you know, if I leave here, I can make a choice. If I choose to spend my time one way versus another, if I choose to pick, pick up a book or not, if I choose to pick up that book and read it and then implement or not, like there's all these different things that you as a, as a human being can control. And I think the whole, the kind of, I don't know, existential idea of this conversation today was people are too quick to just blame the easiest and most visible thing yep. and then give up. And yep. I think, yes, we went through the numbers and we showed you guys, hopefully, that what you think is happening is not actually happening. And maybe that turns a, uh, you know, some sort of light bulb in somebody's head to go, okay, well, it's, it's not that. So I can be that person. Mm -hmm. Now I just need the skill set. Well, I can go learn that skill. Okay, well, maybe I don't know how to learn in school. I can go find somebody that already has that skill and I can learn from them, mm -hmm. right? That's the whole point. And I think that's, I think we're all pretty yeah. congruent in, in how we think about yeah. moving forward. Like, that's the, the takeaway I want you guys to have between what Oscar's saying, you know, go out and do it. It don't matter what they're doing, do right. you. Exactly. Yeah, right? do you. And, and, and forget, you, like, like, like yeah. Jameson said, screw the noise. Do yeah. you, boo boo? Right. Do you. If, well, you have the, if, if you have the means, it, maybe the rest of the people don't have the means. Mm -hmm. Do you. And make it happen. Yep. yep. And guys, again, thank you so much for sitting through us through with us on this topic. I know it's it's a touch based topic. It's it's heated, and you know we get comments at all on it all the time. And yeah, we we like those comments. We we want to talk to you. We want to have these conversations. But 
now getting away from the real estate, moving in to our bourbon review for the day. Somebody thought about making a weed bourbon that was really good yep. and then did things did within it. their power <laughs> to bring it to fruition. Exactly, exactly. And, and just huge shout out to Old Elk. Thank you again yep. so much for sending yes, us these thank bottles. You. Yeah, you guys have been awesome. It has been it And has they've been all a, been tasty. A, yeah, do we have one more? Pleasure. Yeah, one, one last bottle. Um, and then I hope we can do the, the blind taste. Blind but taste, we'll, yeah. But we'll see um, how, how, if we can get all four and actually hold it through the whole episode. Or we'll just do a one a one off video. Well, you we have all four. We, you'll have yeah. all four bottles. Yeah. We, so we will. Have, I'm I mean, saying it, we got to do. The question is not whether we'll we'll hold it through. We got to make it, bottles left. All I'm saying is we got to we got to make maybe that's a separate video. We don't do that comparison during a podcast because that could get away from us. Or here's that's an idea. the whole podcast. Yeah. Here's an idea. We got four bourbons, right? Uh -huh. We just two. We just choose four articles. Okay. And each <laughs> one taste. Per? It's one per. All right. Oh, and boy, one glass per. Strap in, everybody. Strap in, everybody. But that's going to be a very um, interesting. You know, and again, just podcast. as we as we rate these bourbons, remember we do it on a scale of one to ten. One being the best, ten being the worst, and we call it our rock rating because, bet the more the better the bourbon, the less ice rocks you want to put in it. Worse it is, the more you additives you want to put in it, right? Um, and I'll, I'll tell you what, I, I'm going to go ahead and take a sip on it um, because I think I think I might go a little bit different than you guys than you I'll guys give are it. thinking. I'll, I I don't know what to compare it to. Um I, I like that you said that. There's right. I mean I don't know it, what to compare it to. It has it has a very it's it's on the cusp of my 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 go-to. Um it's very easy drinking. Um the aftertaste is different. I don't want to say it's not my favorite but it's different than what I'm used to when I'm when I'm drinking bourbon I want the dark caramel. You know you know me. I'm not I'm not high sweet. But I do like larceny, right? They're high weeded, but larceny at the end of the day is a little bit too light for me. This one, it has, it has the drinkability of a larceny, but a lot of complexity that I can't mm -hmm. wrap my hand, my head right. around. You know, mm -hmm. um, because of the drinkability, uh, it gives it a better rating than I would give it. But the complexity afterwards keeps me thinking. Okay, mm -hmm. which so is wait, not necessarily before, a bad thing. Before you Hold give on. your, I got it. I, gotta I was gonna. My glasses on but this. before you give your rock rating, website value of this bottle: sixty-nine bucks, sixty-five to sixty-nine ninety-nine. Okay. Okay. So I want, I want, I wanted to give you that before and before you go in. Obviously, their presentation is great. Yes, I love it. Yes. Um, on this one, I I enjoyed the other ones better. Um, I'm leaning more towards a four, three and a half. I'm gonna go with the solid three and a half. Three and a half. Okay. All right. I, 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 everything that you said plays in also with mine, but I'm going a different, I'm going a different route with it. Okay. Um, so, you know, we talked about letting it open, uh -huh. right? Um, I don't know about you guys, but letting it open and even on the sip, the nose is still very sweet, but I get a lot more of that clove mm -hmm. on the, on the front end, that, mm -hmm. that bitterness on the front end, and then a little bit less of the sweetness on the back end. Um, and that's again, letting it sit. You know, we've, we've each had two pours throughout the episode. This I smelled the glass that's been sitting on the table. Now, all right. <laughs> so I think that the, the what, what's the word? The categorization of a bourbon holds a very high standard, mm -hmm. right? Because when you go from whiskey to bourbon, like Oscar was saying, you want to have that. You want to have that burn. You want to have the barrel. You, you want to have the, the oak, the flavor. If I was rating this as a bourbon in comparison to other bourbons that we were we were having, mm -hmm. okay, 
I think I would go four and a half to five. Wow. On my rating. I was going to go. You know, yeah. And, okay. and the reason I say that is because although it's not syrup heavy, if this is somebody who is a regular bourbon drinker that is going through and, and really enjoys the fact that, you know, their bourbon has a burn in the oak. A traditional and the wood. bourbon drinker. Exactly. An old school bourbon yes. drinker. Because the, the way that I can, and I, I don't mean to cut you off, but the way I see this is I'm more of a, let's, let's take it into the beer category, right? Yeah. I'm more of a stout, mm-hmm. maybe a lager, crisp. You know what you're gonna get. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm that way with my bourbons. Um, this is more of an IPA. Yeah, I, I, in the, and, in and the beer exactly world. where you're going with that thought. That's where again, if I'm reading this as a bourbon for what it is, I'm gonna sit four and a half. If I am rating okay. this as, hey, I want everybody who drinks this to enjoy it. I want this to be a bourbon that that the masses can enjoy. Then I would give it. I would probably give it a three. And the reason I say that is because although there is complexity of flavor, the sweetness does come through forward and, and the sweetness is heavy. And at humans, uh, something that we do with our taste buds is the sweeter it is, the more we like it. Um, and I think that this bourbon would be phenomenal for anybody who is getting into bourbon that wants to try bourbon, that wants to explore a little bit. I think that this one would be great for them. You know what I can compare this to? This is so if you drink Coke. Yeah. You're gonna get Coke. Mm-hmm. Drink Pepsi. You're gonna get Pepsi. You drink Seven yep. Up. You're gonna get Seven Up. Mm-hmm. This is like the Dr Pepper. Yeah, it has yeah. a little bit of everything. Exactly. It just keeps. Yes. All right, now I'm tasting this, and mm-hmm. it's it's it has me kind of like okay, it's good. Yes. I I I tend to like Dr Pepper, mm-hmm. but it's it's just a Dr Pepper flavor. It's kind of all over the place. Yes. For me, at least. And that's where I think yeah. that this would be very good for a new bourbon drinker, somebody who wants to, who just got started but wants to elevate their game a little bit. That's where I think that the rating on this guy would maybe go. not the novice, but yeah, intermediate. Intermediate, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's why I'm sitting there again. Not a terrible bourbon at all. I get but, kind of like a perfumey kind of. Yeah, but know. if I'm comparing it to to you know like a Dexter, that is a I bourbon. Still haven't had Dexter. That that is a bourbon. God damn it! All right, so I was just looking up. Right, because <laughs> like I, I, so, I yeah okay. yeah. So it, it, and the Dexter, if I'm comparing it to that, it's just it's a little too. Sweet. Shit. You know what? I'm gonna go buy a bottle of Dexter, and you guys have to come over. Yeah, I'm down. I got. I because I, 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 I can't reference <laughs> well, Dexter because so, I've never had it. So, so Dexter has a weeded bourbon. Okay. We haven't had that yet. All right. Got to give it a try. It's on the shelf right next to the regular Dexter. We got to give it a try. I just, want, I just want the regular Dexter and <laughs> just be like, all right, guys. I now I know what you're talking about. What do you think, Jimbo? I think. Therefore, you are that this, <laughs> like all of our listeners, have potential. Yes. Um. My rating would be very different if this was 100 proof. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Um, I agree that. For everybody listening, Jameson put his glasses back on. He's Fuck a, yeah, he put his a prime, yeah. They're his prime time glasses. Hey, four, right. four and six, baby. No bowl. Uh, <laughs> don't they have the same. Uh, Go see you. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Doesn't see you have the same um, record as CSU now? <laughs> yeah. So we're four and six. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. uh, Shout out to CSU. That's listen, man, we didn't have to. an offensive line. All right. I think Shadur Sanders set a record for the most sack QB in NCAA history. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I I think, man, it has potential. It really does. It's good. I, it is it's good. good. It's good. It's good. I just, yeah. I don't think there's enough to offset the sweetness. Yes. And I have a very sweet forward palate as well. Mm-hmm. So, like, I would enjoy drinking this, right? Really would. 
See, but I would have to drink a neat. I wouldn't put anything. And, I would, but, but you know friends, what? With yes. the whole potential drink, thing, that's what got me. Like, I, I can't give it a shitty rating because it's right. good. Exactly. Yeah. But yes. it's not my, it's on the cusp right. of my wheelhouse. And, and again, if it, it was, just, if it it was going. proof versus and I don't 92, like that. I think I would have a, a higher rating because. But I think needs, a, a higher proof would eliminate needs, a lot of the stuff we don't it like. It does. It needs some yeah. heat to balance out how yeah. sweet forward it is. I like it. I like it though. Like, it's not, we've had other sweet bourbons that are just like, it tastes like candy. And you're like, what are you trying to do? Right. Uh, like you're trying to put an old fashioned in a really fancy bottle. I think I it was the, think that's the, this. the, for me, it was the Breckenridge rum cask. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I was going to say something. Too, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. So I, I can't, yeah. I can't, I, can't. <laughs> I just can't with yeah. that one. I'm, I'm between like a four and a four and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, probably closer to a four and a half because of the price, but I'm a nice guy. That's why I gave it such a good range. At, which is surprising because you're not a sweet four no, guy. I am so not, it is, no. it is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am comparing it to the Dexter because I think Dexter also is sweet forward. I drink yeah. a lot of Frangelico this week, though. It's understandable. But it has the burn mm-hmm. of a true bourbon. Yes. And I do like the complexity of this. Like, I don't yeah. think it is a sweet bourbon that is not complex. No. It, de- it, it is definitely something you want to, to Oscar's point earlier, you want to keep open mm-hmm. while you're pouring it out if you've got some people around because it does change yeah. as you go through, right? Which to me is the sign of a good bourbon. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's if you keep it open, it either gets worse or there's no tangible difference. Yep. Probably not a great bourbon, right? And you would expect that from something that's been aged for the old years. school guys. This is going to be a six for you. Yeah, yeah. For the old yes. school bourbons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the one you want the bourbon bourbon? Yes. Really? If you're, if you're yeah. old school, this is going to be yeah, a six. If you're six. used to walking yeah. into a saloon and the wooden door swings open and closes, <laughs> then yeah. yeah, it's like a six. It, or if, six. But if you're open to a lot of stuff, yeah. but again, I'm telling you, that's where the three and a half what, comes for me. For what they did with this, yeah. I, I like think it. it's exactly where it needs to be. I could, I, could, I could drink this. But again, just, we, have to, we have to compare it across a board of bourbons. My recommendation would be to add less water. Yeah. If you had, let's say, a Booker's. Okay. And this mm. Booker's is just, mm. yeah, you know Booker's. <laughs> it's, hot. it's like yes, yeah. I'll drink this. I know how to drink this. I'm gonna enjoy this, and I'm gonna. Yeah. Every sip's gonna be the same. Mm. This kind of is all over the place. Yeah. Well, I'm not gonna lie. I was very surprised. I thought it was gonna get sweeter as it opened, but the, it did not. No, 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 that bitterness came through a little bit yeah. more. It also is now starting to hit the roof of my mouth. Yes. A little bit more, mm-hmm. which is why like four, four and a half is where I'm comfortable. Yeah. Wow. But again, because it has potential. You put this yeah. at 100 proof, I'm probably closer to a Dexter. Yeah, absolutely. I really am. Like absolutely. Two and and a half, you put this at 100 proof, two and I'm half, three. like it a lot. Yeah, yeah two and a half, three. Absolutely. I think it's money. Mm-hmm. I think the um, higher proof with the complexity and the easy drinkability of the wheat, yeah. it's yeah. going to be great. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't know how to no. distill. So I'll, Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Can you do that? But I no, know. I overall great bourbon. Yeah. I yeah, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go four and a half. If yeah. I think out of all the bourbons that we've tried, I know I always reference the the new bourbon drinker. Out of every one that we have tried, the, I know the price is a little high. This is the one that I would I would introduce somebody and go, hey, you wanna you wanna try you you really wanna get into bourbon? New yeah. bur- new bourbon yeah. drinker that has already dipped his toe in. New yes. bourbon drinker that you want to introduce something neat. Maybe yes, the next exactly. step for yeah, exactly. the new bourbon drinker. Yeah, yep. exactly. That's exactly. You want, you want some. Uh, this uh, is my, in my mind, this is the the epitome yeah. bourbon that you, you, you want. Person. Flavor profile and you know something to wrap your mind around. This is the easy one. to yep. drink. Yeah, this is it right here. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Real Estate Served on the Rocks. Remember, you can follow us on YouTube at Living in Colorado with a Mile High Perspective. We don't just have the podcast on there. We have community spotlights, new built home tours, and we continually add stuff for you guys too. Please remember, like, comment, share, and you can reach out to us at any time. R-E-S-O-T-R at themilehighperspective.com is the email. And give us a call or a text, whichever one's easiest for you, at? Yep, 303-578-0263. 
And guys, we are more than happy to sit down, have a glass with you, talk about it. And to the client that we just got, thank you so much for reaching out to us. We appreciate you more than you know. Thank you for paying attention to the channel, watching us and, and trusting us to, to be with you. We can't wait to help you get through this transaction. Mm -hmm. But on that note, guys, it's been great. Thank you for joining us on another episode. Next week, uh, we actually have a full rye. So yep. we're doing one, 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 um, which will be a great comparison to the to the one we, that we did. I'm excited on the last for the full episode. rye. That'll be a yeah. good one. It's it's going to be a good one. Well, on that note, guys, good luck. Remember, teach yourselves, take the opportunity, learn it. We're headed out. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Real Estate Served on the Rocks. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and for the weekly video version, subscribe to our YouTube channel at Living in Colorado, The Mile High Perspective.